This is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps, and I will be your host and game master, and I am joined by three stellar players. Zach Brass. Hello. Dom Brass. Yo, what's up, guys? And Nate Brass. What's up, Internet? I am the Nate, the one that plays Cypher in all but one of these episodes. Go to our website to find out which episode I was not Cypher. It'll be (laughs) shocking to you. I I wasn't sure where you were going with that, Nate. Um, Each season, we will be playing a different tabletop role-playing game. This season, we are playing Scum and Villainy, a Forged in the Dark game published by Evil Hat Productions. Uh, You guys, I got uh, a little thing I'd like to discuss with you all. And I don't know if we've ever actually, like, explicitly said this in the... 11 episodes of this podcast. Episode 11, the number of players on a soccer team. You're right. Thank you. Oh, Standing ovation. watching the Women's World Cup? Oh, <laughs> that, that joke won't age correctly, but, you know, it's going on. England's bringing it home, guys. Uh, it's coming home. That's what they say, right? Yep. Uh, it's, it's coming home. How is my accent? Um, anyway. <laughs> <It's> perfect. <laughs> Um, I, I, there, I don't know if we've ever explicitly said this, but, uh, you three are brothers. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you all have the same last name, um, and you're brothers. Yeah, that's, no, that's for sure true. I, I think as brothers, you might have an interesting insight into what I want to talk about because Nate and I just got back from a trip we went on together. We went to a convention. I'm not going to name the convention because if I did, that would just reveal to our audience how horribly out of date this podcast is from when it releases to when it comes out. I already did that. But we went to a convention (laughs) together. We shared a hotel room. And that was its own debacle uh, because the hotel that Nate booked uh, apparently overbooked itself. And when we got there, they were like, "Mm, we don't have a room for you. And we had to scramble to figure out what we were going to do. But once we resolved that, uh, we roomed together. And, you know, Nate's a good roommate. I'm not here to to shit talk Nate. I mean, you could. I was worried for a second there. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I was like, oh, you think he's bad? Jeez, I thought he was the good one. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not not what I'm going to shame Nate on. Uh, And I'm not not even going to shame Nate. I'm just going to point something out. In that, Nate, how old are you? 26. You're 26. Okay, I'm 30. Four-year difference between us. Nate was out till like at least 3 a.m. every single night. (laughs) And I was in bed by like 
midnight at the absolute latest. <laughs> and I just, I don't understand what you're doing, Nate. Like <laughs> I was at a con. Like I was, I was hanging out. I was partying. I was, I was drunk. I don't do that often. <laughs> I was like, this is my, like, week That's to... what I wanted to ask. Like, is this your normal Zoomer 26-year-old bedtime? <laughs> because that would be crazy to me. No, I was dying last week just, like, getting back in the swing of things. I've been staying <laughs> up way too late, like, past midnight, and I've been, like, dying. And yeah, no, I, I was out late and just yeah it was a mistake i mean look i don't even think that's unreasonable i think if you go to a con like that especially you know in your mid-20s that is the time to get drunk with a bunch of nerds (laughs) it was just a weekend right yeah it was four nights four nights in a row that would kill me right now but it's at, at 26 yeah it's nothing crazy I was running some games on two of those days, so that was rough. I lived on coffee. How early did you have to do that? Ten. Oh, that is pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's later than I'm usually up, like, by a lot. Yeah, but, but like, it's not, you're usually not at a con drinking till 3 a.m. Yes. So it was, it was, you know... It took some time getting used to it, but then my body was just like, oh, we're doing this, like, uh, five-hour okay. sleep thing? I got you. <laughs> and then I went home, and I slept like a baby the next day. <laughs> well, one thing I'm curious about is, you know, as brothers, you guys know each other very well. So let's let's say between the three of you, like, who do you think is the, like, biggest night owl who's going to bed the latest and waking up the, waking up the latest? Because I know what I think the answer to that is, but I'm curious if, like, you guys agree with it or not. All right, I have an easy order. Nate goes to bed first, I go to bed second, Dom goes third. No. I disagree. I'm probably, I mean, how, how late are you guys staying up? Because I... I was always kind of late. But we all are. I'm definitely sleeping in the latest. Yeah, Dom sleeps in the latest for sure. That's what I'm saying. And I think you wake up the earliest. And I think by natural conclusion, that means that's probably the order we all go to bed in. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the order. I'm regularly... I mean, like the past three nights at least, I was still up around one o'clock. And like, fuck, I gotta go to bed. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's not crazy one o'clock, but like there was a couple nights where there were probably three actually, but I don't know. But I'm not like going out and doing stuff. I'm just at home, staying up way too late. But even if we were all at a party together, I think that there's a reasonable chance that that might be the order or you'll go to bed the first. It depends on... The setting of the party. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you and I could definitely go, like, really early sometimes. That's an interesting twist on the question. Let's say that y- you guys are at a friend's party. You're not relying on each other to get home. Like, you drove separately. Who is leaving the party first and who is leaving the party last? It depends on who's at the party for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just whose party is it? You know, because Dom it will vaguely often be the first to leave, potentially. Yeah, for sure. But it, if there's somebody, if there's somebody there that Dom hasn't seen in a long time that he really, really wants to hang out with, he might just stay up with them until like six o'clock in the morning. Damn. Or if we go out to the bars or something, you know, my phone will die and then I'll be lost and then I'll lose, miss my ride home. So I have to figure out a ride home and stuff like that happens to me fairly yes. <laughs> when I go out. Not like, like when I go out, that sort of thing happens to me. More often than it happens to other people, which is like once in their life, maybe. I don't know, guys. Like... I am I am such a homebody like we we uh since I've moved to Chicago and you guys are back in Pennsylvania we don't get to see each other that often uh it was great seeing Nate at the con but uh Zach and Dom it's been like roughly a year uh since we've been able to hang out in person surprised you didn't you know throw a dig at us for not going to the con I mean, yeah, I'm sending you psychic attacks, but, you know. <laughs> when I I am coming home next, uh, in about a month, for our friend Matt's, like, we got married two years ago party. Um, <laughs> Classic. Let's go. When, when I see you guys next in about a month, when I go back to Pennsylvania, um... You know, it's going to be so great hanging out with you guys and seeing you again. I'm going to be like out the door at like 1230 at the absolute latest, <laughs> even with all my friends who I haven't seen in a year or longer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> well, probably me too. But to be perfectly honest, that's because I don't imagine Matt and Bree are gonna be like crazy late and <laughs> joey you know has children so i feel like everyone else is gonna go to bed around that time i mean look it is what it is um but uh for sure if someone's up until four o'clock i'll be there it's a wedding <laughs> let's go no yeah I, uh, look uh Joey and I didn't get back to the hotel on his wedding night until 5 a.m. Classic. That is uh, not going to happen on my wedding night. I'm telling you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, I'll try. And uh, I think with that, let's, let's get into our actual game. Welcome to the Procyon Sector! Our trio of bounty hunters have emerged more or less victorious following their joint recent heist. However, it seems the heat of their jobs has caught up with them. With their job behind them, will Crash, Cypher, and Gorpheus be able to cool down, or will they find themselves burnt to ashes, not unlike the namesake of their ship, the Phoenix! Thirteen! All right, I'm ready. Gotta keep you guys guessing. All right, gentlemen, who's ready for some exhibition? (laughs) Captain, I believe that it would be good for us if we went to a uh, spa resort and treated ourselves. 
You're speaking my language, baby. I don't even want to argue. You don't have to convince me. Before you get too far down that road, I want to rewind just a little bit. And we are back to the very end of the race. Cypher, you are victorious. You have your manila envelope with your legal document raised high up in the air. And uh, the, the camera crew is coming around to, you know, get shots of you, um, shots of the crowd cheering your name. And you see Choss is, like, trying to storm off when, like, a, a segment producer for the news coverage of this stops him. And, like, they're getting into a little bit of a heated argument. Choss is still clearly super pissed about losing before somebody, like, shoves him uh, back towards you, towards the podium, where you stand up on the highest of the steps on the podium, and Choss is forced into position on a lower step. And the the producers are like, okay, okay, now uh, shake hands, shake hands. We need to get the shot. Uh, Cypher reaches down to uh, shake the hand of the loser. (laughs) (laughs) And Choss sort of snarls and reluctantly grasps your metallic hand with his fleshy human hand. It's the greatest racer in the galaxy. Finally, the world will know. It is I, an Aerobot. Raise both hands in the air and cheer. Enjoy your day in the spotlight, Cypher. It will not last long. Someday, I will come back and I will reclaim my title. My accent is getting more confusing the longer I talk. (laughs) You and your space German something other something you disgust me. Not as much as you disgust me, you hunk of junk. I would spit on you if I had spit glands. (laughs) You what, you mean like these? And he just, like, opens his mouth and drools a little bit to show <laughs> off his human superiority. You're disgusting and gooey. <laughs> what I would like to know, Cypher, is before Choss departs, what exactly your last words to him are? Choss, you may try as much as you want. But you will never beat me. I am a better racer than you, and I always will be. Who wants to get drunk? Choss, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he, he storms off, and the, the camera catches him leaving in shame and anger. And that footage we see being played on a rust bucket TV on a planet a few systems away. And we see watching that TV broadcast a very large woman and a chicken-like woman with one arm. And they look at each other 
as the broadcast fades away in fury that you didn't say the thing that you promised you would say when you beat Choss. It's been two months! I know, you just, we just forgot. <laughs> we also just listened to that. Oh, oh no, yeah, you screwed up. In the heat of the moment, he screwed up. Yeah, he just actually Love forgot it. to say it. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Oh, also, Dorothy sent his records. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, we fade back to... The actual crew of the Phoenix 13, Crash, Cypher, and Gorpheus. Um, you have all just seen uh, on your own uh, news broadcast that there are reports of you guys committing this heist and these, these crimes. Like we ended with last episode's uh, session... Um, your wanted level has gone up by one. That is not an immediate emergency. You don't have to worry about police breaking down the door of your ship and coming to arrest you. There are four levels of being wanted. Each system in the sector has its own wanted level. So really, avoiding the consequences of this could be as simple as just moving to another system. And that's fair, but obviously Cypher just got famous here, so we want to milk that a little. Yeah, I'm curious where uh, your characters' heads are at seeing that. That we're wanted? Yeah, basically. Cypher's right, boys. I think it's time we go on a vacation. Anyway, why don't you put that interview on loop? where uh, Cypher is shit-talking him, we'll put on some music in the background, and we'll cruise our way over to the best spa in the sector. Captain, you are speaking my language. Did you see his face when I told him you would never beat me? Oh my god, look at that. Look at that. It looks like he might be tearing up. <laughs> Freeze frame that baby, and uh, we'll blow it up and uh, turn it into a dartboard. Captain, I think this will be great for business. We could uh, really start milking this. It's the greatest pilot in the galaxy, part of your next crew. Oh, exactly. I mean, my crew has the greatest pilot in the galaxy. Don't you want that working on your next job? Well, we'll have to get some commercials made up. Obviously, the cheap kind uh, with the, you know, radio that you have to, you know, whatever kind, but uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe a billboard somewhere. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, I don't know. I would definitely like my face on a billboard, and we could have Cypher's face on it, too. I guess Gorpheus, maybe, because you're part of the crew, but, you know, obviously me, because I'm the captain, and then the thing about Cypher is he's the greatest pilot in the galaxy now, so we need to capitalize that. Yeah, that is that. pretty cool, and we do need to advertise that. I guess it wouldn't necessarily be a good uh, use of company funds to put my face up places. I think adding uh, Gorpheus up to the uh, billboard, though, could uh, show diversity. You're right. Well, we already have an Urban. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, we gotta consider. Well, no, I mean, obviously your face would be smaller than mine, but, like, you know, 
you only work your way up to the the big face. You know what? Why am I fighting against getting a billboard? Yeah, I'll take a billboard. Like, I'm about it. Like, why am I fighting? <laughs> All right, it's agree. I was thinking maybe we could uh, make some ads, put them on gambling websites. Gambling websites, that's a good <laughs> is idea. Is that really what we want to support, guys? I mean, is that who we are? That's who I am. Well, who needs bounties taken care of more than some people with severe gambling problems? Garfield, just think of it. How much money did we make from gambling this last mission? I mean, more than we usually make on missions. I don't normally like to toot your horn like this, but was it ever really gambling? <laughs> oh, Captain, no, of course not. We always knew that his flesh body could not keep up. <laughs> it's a little weird when you talk like that, but, you know, hey, good for you winning. I'm sorry, guys. It's just the the Urbot being the, the new Crazy Tracer. It's a, it's a big moment for me. Yeah, no, hey. I should really tell those other Orbot guys um, that gave us the, the bike. Oh, did you see them during the race? No, I didn't. I, I, they didn't seem to be there. Weren't you, uh, weren't you supposed to do something for them? Uh, no, I think I just I rode under. I rode up with their bike I, I, as them. Yeah, I think we. He just. Uh, is that bad that you blew up there? What wasn't that our bike that uh, we rode under? Yeah, but I think we put ads on it. They were our primary sponsor. Yeah, uh, and then for uh, Johnny and his crew, I had to. Oh shit! Ah, uh, they probably won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, your status with these these different factions. <laughs> Not good. You did gain one status with Conclave 01 because you won the race on behalf of them. They're very happy with you guys. Uh, championing Urbot equality. Great. They like you. You are losing one status going from zero to negative one with the Echo Wave Riders because you broke into their uh, hangar and stole their classic hover bike. Uh, plus, you beat their buddy Choss in a race, so they're not happy with you. And uh, I am also reducing the Wreckers' status with you by one, from zero to negative one, because you did not uh, taunt Choss the way you promised, and, you know, of course, you killed Bobby-O. Bobby, that was his name, not Johnny. Yeah, we did kill- I killed Bobby-O. I mean, he was kind of like a Johnny, but no, it was Bobby. Uh, that's okay. Is it okay? Let's maybe find out how okay it is. Because uh, the next step of downtime before we get to your downtime activities is entanglement. So I'd like one person, uh, how about Dom, to just roll a d6 and I will compare your results to a chart based on your wanted level in this system, which I'll remind you is now one. And I rolled a one. You rolled a one. Which I can only imagine is good. This is actually one of those rolls, one of those few rolls in this game, where uh, six is the worst thing you can roll. Oh, well, look at that. It really is good. Let's go. 
Okay, so a one on the wanted level one entanglement table means that you are going to have some ship trouble. A ship system acts up and will be damaged. The GM will tell you which system. I was gonna be nice for a second and let you pick which system was damaged, but I get to decide. You could still do that if you want. You may repair the system as normal, though you have to deal with the consequences of the damage at the time it occurs. This can happen while in flight between planets or systems, or on the way to or from a job. So really, I can just uh, put that in my back pocket for now, and just know that sometime in the near future, you're going to have some ship trouble. Not on the way to the spa, though, right? Surely we get to go to the spa. (laughs) Oh, you'll have to wait and see. Uh, So with the entanglement rolled for, that means we are going to move on to your actual downtime activities. Uh, Just like last time, each of you will get two uh, activities that you can choose from. Um, You can spend cred, uh, your your personal cred or your crew cred, however you want to divide that, to either get additional activities at a rate of one cred per activity, or to increase the effective success level of an activity by one per cred. So just keep those in mind. It sounds like you guys wanted to get off-planet to do downtime, though if you're looking for a spa, Nightfall is not a terrible planet to do that on, because, um, I mean, it's like the nightclub city planet. I'm sure that it has great, uh, you know, saunas and spas and whatever your pleasure is. Presumably, the whole planet just saw you win this race. We might as well go to the biggest star of Nightfall. You're speaking my language, Captain. Wait, aren't we wanted? Uh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. We've been wanted before. How does that work? I mean, of course I'm wanted. I'm the most famous person on this rock right now. You know what? Your confidence? Sure, let's do it. I'm about it. Just to answer your question on a mechanical level, Dom, um, it really isn't something you have to worry about right now. The biggest uh, trouble with wanted levels is that entanglement roll. Um, so because that one was a relatively benign one, you're okay for a while. If you want to stay on Nightfall or go elsewhere in the Breck sector, uh, you might have more eyes on you than you previously did, but uh, you were not in the danger of being immediately arrested or anything like that. Sure, let's, let's you know, do the thing. Let's find a spa near here. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, we look for a real nice spa. A spa in our budget, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> nice. Nicer than our typical budget, because we just got, you know, a nice payday, but, like, you know... We're not going to, like, no, you know, billionaire spa. Well, so, I mean, you're you're a human, an Urba, and a Xeno. I kind of think that, like, what a good spa would be would be very different for the three of you. Well, that's why I feel like we gotta go to, like, I feel like somewhere pretty fancy that, like, has different 
areas where like Cypher goes to the like repair shop and you go to like the natural more natural spa. Yeah. Gorpheus, I don't know if he wants a natural spa treatment. I, I don't really know uh yeah, what Gorpheus's anatomy works like. You know, basically like a skin. Let's start with Gorpheus, because Remember, you guys don't have to do the same downtime activities. You're welcome to narrate it that way if you want, but you each get to make your own decisions about this. So, you know, you guys head to the spa. We'll say it's like a spa and casino, like resort kind of thing. You check in, you you get in like a nice uh, hotel suite you guys tell me like what kind of amenities you're looking for, what kind of things you're doing uh, as you take your downtime activities. And let's start with Gorpheus. Can I find like a medicinal person to fix my magical arm? Yeah, so one of the downtime activities is basically to get medical treatment, if that's what you're looking for. That said, you're a doctor. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I would like to spend my time at the spa doctoring my arm. Yeah, so you are going to spend some time uh, treating your own wounds to recover. Um, you can either try and seek a doctor you know, on planet who can stitch your wounds, but that is going to be rolling your qua- crew quality minus one to see how good of a doctor it is, um, and your crew quality is zero. So you can, I'm guessing you want to trust your own medical instincts instead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so you are going to roll your doctor skill. It will cost you one stress to treat your own wounds. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I got a six. A six, excellent. So you are going to start a clock, a six-segment clock uh, for healing. And because you rolled a six, you are going to mark off three segments of that clock. Which means that you are basically halfway to healing your arm. If you get injured again, that clock totally resets back to zero. If you had any level one harm, you would just clear that, but I don't think you did. So your uh, your little arm is feeling better, but still hurt. Still, you can't quite clench that little tiny hand all the way. All right, well, it's a start. And Gorpheus, in fact, as you are focusing on treating that hand, this hand that represents your mystical connection to the way, and you suddenly stop, and you feel something in the way, it causes a stinging sensation in your hand, but you felt like... A spike in the way, a potent spike. And you find your senses, like, strangely heightened after this. And you almost feel your command of magnetism is, like, pulling you slightly. Maybe like the way a compass is pulled to the north. How how powerful is this sort of pulling sensation? not like it's actually moving you or anything it's like this 
little tingling in the back of your mind. It's the sensation of feeling like you have to sneeze, but you, you can't. Like you're trying to remember something that's on the tip of your tongue. Like it's that kind of subtle, strange feeling, but it's almost like it's coming from a specific direction. Do I feel like I can figure out the direction and start heading that way? Yeah, absolutely. I am going to start doing that carefully, sort of minding, you know, where it's taking me. But I don't want to risk losing the sensation, so I'm going to start following it. And as you start following that strange feeling in the way, it takes you out of the resort and into the back alleys of Nightfall. And uh, we'll jump over to somebody else for now. How about Captain Crash? Well, Captain Crash is gonna have to indulge in some vices. Yeah, get rid of some of that stress. What What is everybody sitting at stress-wise after that job? Seven. Five. So it's not crazy, but we're well we're over halfway. So wow, eight stress for Gorpheus. Oof. Wow. Gorpheus is a pretty stressed out guy after uh, after remission. Crash, <laughs> he likes to believe in a stress-free life. Uh, Gorpheus tries to believe in that. He doesn't do very good. <laughs> I like to believe that's why Gorpheus hangs around with Crash, you know? He wants to learn his secrets. Yes, Captain Crash has a lot to teach me. <laughs> yes, so Crash is at the spa, and he is... You know, like sitting in like a hot tub filled with like warm (laughs) lotion or some shit, Uh, and like with like just the most ridiculous shaped glass with like some kind of frozen drink (laughs) with like five garnishes. He's got cucumbers on his eyes as he's drinking from the straw of this thing. The hand that isn't drinking is currently being massaged. (laughs) All of this is happening to the sounds of the ocean. (laughs) So um, you are going to roll to see how much stress you uh, remove. You are going to roll insight, prowess, or resolve one of those three uh, basically defense ratings but you're going to roll your weakest one so i rolled a three so you clear three stress all right we'll take that that seems like a good amount i'm down to only two yeah you have a nice relaxing day at the spa drinking your your crazy drink i gotta know what what color is this crazy drink green for sure when you drink it, you could see it glowing down as trachea for like the first like, <laughs> I love that. like inch or nice. so and before it like fades out. That's funny. I actually really <laughs> like that. It's really funny. Uh, as you just sit in a tub of warm lotion. <laughs> it's bubbling. <laughs> The, the, the lotion's bubbling a little bit. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's so gross. That is 
<laughs> that is nasty. No, it's like man. some kind of weird space stuff. Don't worry, man. I'm telling you, you should try it. It really just cleans out all your pores. You feel like a new man afterwards. It's practically like shedding your skin, but in a good way. <laughs> I can't tell if I want want it super bad or if it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that is going to be... Oh, viscous. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, dude, I can't. They use a power hose afterwards to, get to clean y'all. She's gonna be, like, squeaking for weeks with every movement. It's like a pod. You're just trapped in the solution. Well, it, like, drains and then power washes you off. Oh, right, of course. And you just... You just smell like lavender for the next month. I'm sold. I'm back in. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, let's leave that site behind <laughs> and jump over to our new champion, Cypher. What is uh, Cypher going to be doing during downtime? Well, Cypher recommended this place for two reasons. One, they have a great repair shop where they can get their legs fixed up. And two, more importantly, they have great casino. <laughs> um, so I think Cypher's gonna indulge Vice first. And just uh, do some gambling? Yeah. I think some old school Cypher's feeling on top of the world. Just go for some card games, some dice games, like... Hell yeah. Bet on which of the little tiny animals does, like gets shot last kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they have like laser stun pistols it's fine and it's only animal cruelty if you think about it <laughs> cypher you are hanging out at a uh, card table you're playing this complicated space card game like there's like 13 different suits of cards and like they all have different holograms on them and like you can There's sometimes play yeah you can sometimes play this suit but only if this other suit is trump and if you play this one particular card right after somebody plays the ace of spades you just win yeah there's definitely some bullshit rule like that Someone next to Cypher puts down a bunch of cards and just yells, Quark! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch for like fit or uh, like two hours and you still have no idea what the rules are. You really have to play to understand. You gotta lose a bunch of money to understand. Occasionally, like the dealer spins a roulette wheel, but it's unclear <laughs> yeah. why, why or when. Yeah. <laughs> just does it. <laughs> Go to our websites to read the full rules of Quark. <laughs> um, and however you think Quark is spelled, you, you're wrong. <laughs> Most mysterious card game in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, go ahead and roll your lowest of insight, prowess, or resolve. Oh, that is resolve, baby. Uh, two. Two. You can clear two stress. Okay, now I have five. And uh, so as you uh, throw down your your hand of cards and the holograms shimmer off of them and you shout quark, uh, you know, there's some groaning from, uh, you know, other players at the table. 
And uh, as you like collect your winnings, you've just kind of broken even so far. You scan around the room uh, as you collect your creds, and you spot a familiar face sitting at a bar on the other side of the room. Doesn't seem like he's noticed you just yet, but you see the scarred visage of the hunter Razor that you encountered on the planet Akiti. Oh, fuck! And you see that he is, like, nursing a crazy drink, but it it seems like he almost has it more for show than as, like, actually enjoying the beverage because he's just kind of looking around the room, scanning the crowd. What is Cypher's reaction here? Um, I think Cypher uh, stands there dumbfounded, staring at him until their eyes lock. <laughs> nice, good plan. And after, like, what seems to be an eternity to you, but in reality is just, like, four or five seconds, Razor clocks you. He stands up from the bar, sort of knocks over his seat in such a hurry to rise and starts walking deliberately towards you. Ah, Razor! How is it, my friend? Could I get you a drink of something? I've been doing quite well for myself tonight. Uh, you shout that from across the bar as he walks towards you. No, um... <laughs> as he gets close enough. He walks up to you he almost like raises an eyebrow at you as you just like let him walk up clearly not what he was expecting and he says uh saw your race friend uh yes it was impressive i have to admit this may or may not be what i sounded like the last time we interacted You sound exactly the same to me, friend. That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been looking for you and your pals since that mess on Akiti. You put me in a uh, pretty rough position, friend. Oh, really? Was there no other Grand Faranikis you could find? I thought you were such a great hunter, it wasn't really good big deal for you. It was inconvenient for me and my patrons, let's just say. But you can forget about that for now, because since then, I've had another quarry. And what do you know, but it, uh, seems like I was lucky enough to find it. I guess that's what they call the jackpot, huh? And he smirks. And we're gonna cut from here back over to Gorpheus. Orpheus, you are still following the sensation? Yeah, I'm so stressed out, but I gotta follow it. Gorpheus, as you you follow this feeling, this feeling that's like pulling you through these back alleys that you're just walking down. And it's it's sort of like changing directions, like like you'll get halfway down an alley, stop, and then like turn back and start heading in a different direction. 
And maybe you're getting to the point where you're starting to doubt this feeling, that you're starting to question the rationality of what you're doing. There's a part of you that knows that the way is not a rational force. So you keep following until you see a sight before you. A small crowd standing in the shadows of this alley. It looks like, you know, like three, you know, generic street toughs, right? Leather jackets with spikes, mohawks, the the whole thing. One has very elaborate face paint and is carrying a baseball bat because I just watched the Warriors this weekend. You you see that they are sort of semi-circled around a kind of strange-looking woman who is dressed in very, very fine, kind of archaic-looking robes and has her hood conspicuously pulled up. And she is, like, acting as shady as a person can visibly act, right? Looking over her shoulder, you know, checking the both ways in the alley, like, clutching something close to her chest. And you spot her as you're, like, hiding away, observing all this. Um, hands these street toughs some money like a, what is clearly a like cred stick and they hand her like a cloth pouch and she opens up the pouch and pulls out from it a glowing green crystal not unlike the one that is embedded in your chest and covered by your injured hand she examines it for a second you think you see a smile cross her face and puts the crystal back in the pouch, pockets it in her robe, and starts to walk away. I got to imagine that I... So what I'm thinking is they're harvesting crystals from my people. That Would that be a fair assumption that my character might go to, given the circumstances? I think that's a fair assumption. Um, you you know that there's not a lot of people who um, have these crystals. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it could be something else, but I'm, I'm definitely skeeved out and I'm getting the, the way stuff, so I gotta follow her. You start following her, and you, like, brush past the street toughs. Uh, like, hey, man, what's up? Uh, and as they shout out at that, uh, this lady turns around, sees you. You see that she is a beautiful middle-aged woman with um, very tan skin. And she sees you and her eyes go wide and she starts to run. Uh, do, do I recognize her at all? No. Okay, I chase after her. You chase after her. You run. Um, I would like some kind of action roll from you to catch her. I want to say scramble is where my head immediately goes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can call this a standard control scramble. Oh, I rolled a six, though. That's pretty good. A six. You scramble over and past the obstacles that are in your way, fully like parkouring over a trash can, like a dumpster uh, that's in this back alley. And you are able to cut off this woman before she escapes. And as she, as you like cut her off in this alley, she stumbles to the ground before scrambling herself to stand up. And quickly, you see, she draws a blade. Looks like a little dagger. But the dagger seems to be pulsing in an unnatural way. A way that perhaps channels the way. And you feel that pulling is magnified to, you know, the hundredth degree. It's going off the charts. And she says, stay back, stay back, this is mine. All right, let me see that crystal you're holding, please. We don't have to fight. No, this is, this is mine. This is mine, this is important. I need this, you can't, you can't have it. Where did you get that from? I need to see it. Please. And she's, like, looking desperately around, but you kind of have her backed against a corner. He says, you don't understand. This is important. Please just let me go. It's okay, child. She, she like, clutches at her head and that knife drops as you also feel that like a sudden migraine and as you clutch your own head and she clutches hers it's like you suddenly get on the same wavelength and she says you 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 channel the way i do and you as well i see yes yes that is correct the crystal in your possession i have to take a look at it please She reluctantly draws the crystal from her pouch and holds it out. And she says, you may look, but you cannot touch. So from what I see, is there any obvious sign? It's just a crystal that is similar to the crystal on my shoulder, but it doesn't have any like signs of having been connected to a person. You recognize the crystal that she hands As being the same type of crystal that your original group from before the Phoenix 13, the mendicants, use. But it doesn't show any signs of having been extracted from someone. It it just looks like the same kind of crystal that would be used. I'm sorry, I just... I say with a, are we doing telepathy right now? I think we're doing telepathy. No, I'm speaking with my mouth, my human mouth. Oh, never mind. We're not doing telepathy. That's on me. That's on me. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. I just went immediately to, I thought you were harvesting organs or something. I don't know why I, I'm sorry. I'm just really stressed out right now. Are you, are you with the mendicants? She repockets the crystal. The mendicants, no. No, I am not with them. 
Oh, I see. Then, do you mind if I inquire as to why you, uh, what are you doing with that? If I might be so bold. She lowers her, uh, her hood. And as she does, you see that she's wearing, like, this headdress underneath. It's like a tiara type thing that you recognize as a sign of nobility. And she says, My name is Lasaya Al-Nim Amar. And you know when you hear that, that the Al-Nim Amar family once ruled the entire Procyon sector before they were deposed. I belong to the Cult of the Seekers. I have been searching for artifacts connected to the way, and it seems that this one that I have found may be connected to you. Yes, it is. So, your, your royalty? Once upon a time. Of course, I'm sorry, Majesty. Um, what was this family like? Were they cool people? I mean, they were nobility. You know, the Procyon sector has always been like a poor backwater sector. So even like the people in charge were not the most esteemed in the galaxy, but still meeting somebody from that family would be a relatively big deal, uh, even still today. So, uh, Gorpheus, you said... Be in the military, do helping rebels do space wars. I he wouldn't have run up against their forces or anything, would he? I mean, I suppose it is possible. Uh, you would know from the reputation that the cult of the seekers are kind of like mystical explorers and treasure hunters. They're not especially political, you know, at least as far as the factions of the galaxy are concerned, but they're also not apolitical, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Uh, So it's fairly likely that I would be pretty neutral slash whatever, you know, she seems pretty chill. I guess I want to inquire, like, what are you... You're going around searching for these artifacts. Why? Just, you're serving the Seekers. I, I'm sorry. I've probably, I shouldn't have like, gotten involved. This isn't really my business. I'm so, I, you know, I saw the, the gem. I, I just, I freaked out. That's on me. That's fully on me. I understand the zeal one can experience in the presence of these artifacts. I will not hold it against you. But this is neither the time nor the place to discuss these matters. Still. And she's like eyeing you up and down as she puts her hood back up. You were able to sense and find this artifact all on your own. I may have a use for you. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I'd have to check with my captain, you know, uh, busy schedule and all. Uh, but for royalty, I'm sure. Of course. I cannot stay long. I must be off at once. If you have a desire to 
explore your connection to the way. She's like eyeing this crystal in her hand. Yes, yes, I do believe the cult could use your services. There is something about you that I can see would be beneficial for us. She's like looking off in the middle distance. Uh, I look off into the middle distance as well. (laughs) Do do I see anything? (laughs) You don't. But she says, if you find yourself on Shemaya, well, I think this connection will last and we will be able to find one another again. And you look back and she's gone, just like Batman disappeared. Shit! Oh! Okay. I shouldn't have looked off into the middle distance. I knew it. She got you. What am I doing? Uh, Well, now Gorpheus is like, ah, jeez, and he heads back to the swamp. (laughs) And so we will cut back over to Cypher with, with Razor. And he says, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to find my quarry. And he puts like a firm hand on your shoulder. The question is, are you going to come willingly? Well, that depends. Seems I am your quarry, no? Who is it that uh, asked for this? Or was this more of a personal choice? Oh, no. I'm serving some patrons, you see. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that, sorry. Uh, no, it sounded good. It sounded cool. I'm doing a job just like you all do. So how about we go gather your little friends and meet up with some people who are very interested in meeting you? Well, uh, as you well know, that you are a bounty hunter, I am a bounty hunter, um, and this specific uh, place we are in, this um, casino, uh, there is a rule of no picking up bounties, because, you know... <laughs> yes or no, Urbot! People don't like to, you know, the, the whole chase scene, not then. So, um, I'm going to walk away and we can deal business tomorrow. Um, I'm having some fun and relaxing. This is a vacation for me. Um, so you can, you can take my number. We can talk about this later, but, um, I'm just going to go walk over there. Um, and grab security. (laughs) This guy's trying to bounty on, on the premises. That cannot be allowed, right? The the security who's like this big reptilian Zeno sort of scratches at his big belly like, Hey, uh, aren't you wanted? Yes. That's why he's trying to bounty out. <laughs> Shrugs his shoulders as in a what you gonna do motion <laughs> as Razor is still at your side. And he says, One last chance, Urbot. Easy way or hard way? 
I'm I'm gonna try and use a stun baton on him. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, sure. Make an action roll. Uh, what what skill would you like to use? Uh, scramble to tase him and run away. Uh, sure, sure. Why not? Uh, we'll say that is going to be standard risky. You know, a uh, three. A three. You know what that means? We don't actually get downtime. <laughs> Things go badly. I could be mean and say you suffer harm. You wind up in a desperate position. I was going to say you shoot him in the leg again. I am going to say you lose this opportunity. You just you, you can't get away. Razor slaps like a mag cuff on you. As you try and go for the baton, uh, he puts the other mag cuff on himself. So you're now stuck together. And he's going to say, start walking. Let's meet up with your little friends. I am enjoying myself in my downtime. I told you we can speak during business hours. Business hours start now, Cypher. And we are going to end our session there and pick up from that next time as your downtime has been interrupted. What's going to happen? What's going on? The only way to find out is to listen to the next episode of Escape the Dungeon. Thank you for listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Nate. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media, go to escapethedungeonpod.com. <laughs>